Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Attacking third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Everett, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we've got a special interview episode following the 2023 NWSL draft. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube so that you never miss out whenever we go live or our exclusive interviews, youtube.com slash attacking third. Today, we welcome the number two overall draft pick, the newest member of Kansas City Current, Matt Herman Trophy winner, sophomore out of Duke University, Michelle Cooper. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We are so thrilled to chat with you. Absolutely amped. Uh, it's your first time here at Attack You Third with us, so welcome. Um, we got we to gotta start right there with all of, all of the draft because it's still, we're about a week out, more or less. Um, but it's still fresh enough in, in, in everyone's mind, I think, to, to sort of uh, reconnect back on that moment. So you you were there. You were one of the players that were actually there in Philly. We were also there in Philly. It was so cool to witness uh, in person. What what did you think of, of the whole draft experience and maybe sort of walk us through what draft day looked like for you? Because it was the first time that the draft was uh, held back in person uh, in about three years since it's 2020. The draft was amazing. They did a great job of putting something on that will I will remember forever. And I said to my mom, as soon as I walked in, I'm so nervous. I remember walking down the red carpet and having to do media and having that feeling was surreal, but I'm so grateful for it because that's a night I'll never forget. And the way they set the stage up and had fans there, but also had room for family. It was, it was amazing. What was uh, we hear so much about um, draft day in general, whether it's, you know, whether it's been one that I've covered in person before in past or the couple ones that took place virtually, there's still like a level of nerves that comes with that big event. So what was maybe something that you did to like try to help calm the nerves? Was it just like checking in with mom or family or friends? Was it just like endless scrolling on your phone? I just always make sure to remind myself that I have constant support, regardless if it's from my family, my teammates at Duke, my coaches from Duke were there as well. So knowing that I have that endless support, no matter where I turn, no matter where I look, just made the night a lot more calming, but there were definitely still nerves. 
I want to dive a little bit deeper into actually the draft as it was happening. Once it went live at six o'clock, um, the second team is on the clock. It's New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC, and they end up announcing a very big trade with Kansas City Current, giving Casey the number two pick. And they end up picking you, Michelle Cooper, out of Duke University. It was a lot of information at once with the trade, a new team, and then your name being called. Take us back to that moment uh, when Casey picked you number two overall. I was so grateful and I still am and I can't wait. But as soon as Kansas City picked me, I hugged my mom and I was like bawling. And I was like, I need to relax, like take a deep breath because they told me as soon as you get picked, you walk across the stage and you have to give a quick brief like interview. And I'm like sitting there talking to her and I'm like bawling my eyes off. She's like, it's okay. I'm like, this is just so crazy. And I'm so honored. Like, and she's like, it's going to be good. She's like, we have time. Next thing I know, she's like, and we're back. And I'm like, oh my gosh, wiping tears off my face. But it was crazy. The tears explained it all. I was so grateful, still am. And I'll never forget that moment, specifically that one of the entire night. It's very much overwhelming in that moment when like your name gets called, you get to hug your mom, walk on stage, do media. And then once that it kind of settled a little, I'm sure you're still like excited about it. As yeah. you said, you were when you could go back and, and actually have a minute with your mom and have a minute with your collegiate coaches. What were their messages to you? I'm so proud of you. And all I could say back is I wouldn't be here without you guys. Like the the journey that I've taken, the people that have helped me, specifically my mom driving me to practices when I was much younger. I miss those practices. I wouldn't be where I am today. My Duke coaches with them giving me the chance at 14 to represent such an amazing school. I wouldn't be where I am today. And I, all I could say is I'm so grateful when all they were saying is I'm so proud. <laughs> I love it. Let's let's sort of stick with the collegiate energy for a little bit. Uh, you competed for two years with Duke, and in December, following a uh, college cup run, you eventually made the announcement that you were going to go pro. Uh, and along the way, you were also named uh, the Mac Herman Trophy winner. So, two parter here. What what did it mean for you to to earn such a prestigious award at the collegiate level? And was that perhaps a factor or, or one of factors in that led you in your decision to to go pro? Um, no, it wasn't a factor. I decided beforehand, but knowing that I was able, or I'm now able to say I've won an award of that high honors of players like Mia Hamm and Crystal Dunn and Jalen Howell, who's still in the league is it's an honor to know that I have won that. And I have the title of that. And the choice to go pro is not easy, but like I said before, knowing that I have the support of my previous coaches, teammates, and family made it so much more comforting to know that regardless of what happens, they're constantly going to have my back. When you did decide to go pro, uh, what kind of led you to that decision? Was it a, a long thought out process or were you kind of just like, hey, I I'm ready. This is time. A little bit of both. It was something I put on the back burner the entire season. I wanted to stay focused on season, focused on my academics and make sure that everything I was doing was pointed towards those two things. And as soon as season came to an end, it was a quick a lot of time spent on it, but a short window of talking to my coaches at Duke and talking to my family of my dreams and aspirations and wanting to chase those and knowing that the next step in that is deciding to go professional. 
as a professional athlete and, and in life, honestly, there are so many ups and downs and sometimes the downs and, and the low points are where we can learn and grow so much as people, as athletes, as players. And, uh, you had a kind of a hard part most recently, uh, with Duke, there was an unfortunate loss in the quarterfinals to Alabama of the NCAA tournament. Um, that's a hard moment to lose and to, to kind of go out uh, on that. Now that you've had a little bit of time to reflect on that and think about it, what did you learn about yourself in that moment as a player or as a person? I learned about, well, specifically my team as a whole, our relentlessness was, it was amazing to know that we constantly had that push throughout the entire season, even when it came down to the last five minutes and that each and every one of us were willing to put anything on the line to try and keep our season going. And unfortunately in the end, it wasn't enough and Alabama put up a great game, but knowing that everyone loved the game just that much that they wanted to continue even after the past three months of a long, hard, grueling season it was it was a great honor to be part of that team, and I'm forever grateful for that. I had a quick follow up. I, you know, competitions have beginnings and they they have endings, but uh, teammates are a thing that can kind of last uh, forever and go past that. So coming out of draft night, something else that was cool is just sort of seeing all the different um, colleges and universities that were represented. And obviously, you hear a lot about Florida State, but Duke had a few players go in this draft as well. Yourself, somebody like Sophie Smith. What does it mean to sort of be on the supporting side of that, kind of see some of your other teammates get, get called on draft day as well? I am so happy for them. I know I was t- constantly checking back with my coaches, like, let's go, Sophie. When's Sophie going to be picked? When's Sophie going to be picked? And then specifically, you saw when Alexa Spanster got picked. I was so excited. We used to play club together and knowing that we finally get to be back playing on the same team, not against each other anymore in the ACC. Just it made me so happy. And I'm forever going to support all of my previous teammates, no matter where they are, no matter what they're doing. I love that. The former experience with Alexis, Alexis Spanstra, and now you get to play with her again. Did you guys talk about that on draft night or or have you texted about it? Like going to KC together? We did. We have now, but beforehand, (laughs) my mom was like, huh, that would be funny if you and Alexa somehow ended up together. And we were both like, yeah, like not thinking anything of it. And next thing you know, that happened and you could see I whipped her. I was like, oh my gosh. And I started freaking out and it was, it was amazing full circle moment. And I love it. You have a lot of experience collegiately and so much international experience as well, because you've been a member of U.S. national team pool since 2016. Uh, Most recently, this past summer, you were with the U.S. uh, Youth U-20 national team for the FIFA World Cup and the CONCACAF Women's U-20 Championship. Um, uh, We love shouting out athletes here and all their accolades. You won Golden Boot. You won the Golden Ball during during that tournament in the Dominican Republic. But for you, you having so much international experience with the U.S. youth teams, what is uh, the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself in competing, uh, especially this summer with the World Cup and, and the Women's Championship? I've learned that it's not going to be easy. And knowing that the other girls surrounding me on the field are also the other 20 or so best players in the country has been a real push and practice every day whenever we're there is not easy. And playing the teams like France, like who else do we play? Ghana, the best girls in their own country. It was a true honor. And knowing that there's things I still need to work on and being in those games, learning and tweaking those small things made me a better player in person in the end. And of course, being the captain, I was 
extremely honored, but I wouldn't have been able to do it without the support of all my other teammates. So just learning about myself and competition wise and on the field wise, like holding up the ball and runs in behind those little things have been a great step in my journey. Let's uh, let's shift a little bit to to NWSL. Um, you're going to be joining a Kansas City current team that had an incredible run last year, uh, all the way through to a finals appearance. And you were competing collegiately, but you know how much did you get to to watch of the NWSL um, last year, if at all? And, and what did you think of their run? I watched almost every game in the NWSL. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> supporting previous teammates, supporting anyone who I can. I love watching the NWSL and I'm so grateful that I'm finally able to be a part of it. But watching their run last year was insane and being able to cheer them on in the end was a great feeling. And knowing that the turnaround they had between 2021 and 2022 last year was insane. And it's a program I'm beyond excited to be joining and knowing that they're all about the players and the facilities that they've gone and the steps they're taking are in the right direction and being the first club to do that in the NBSL is it's a true honor to be part of it now. I love that you said that you watched almost all of the game. That's that's amazing. That's music to our ears. This is how we grow the game. Did you watch in 2021? Did you know about KC like joining the league then? Like how far back have you been watching the NWSL? I've been watching for the past about two or three years. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love soccer. I love watching soccer. I love supporting women's sports, especially here in America. It's something that I'm forever going to do. And now being part of it just makes it that much more exciting. Yeah. Now you're watching your friends, your teammates, your competitors. It it just continues to get better. And and as you know, because you watched it, the NWSL celebrated their 10th anniversary last year. And now they're turning a page on a, a new chapter of a new era that is in front of them. And one of the coolest parts in in talking to you today, Michelle, and other players that were rookies last year or joining the league this year is that they have been watching the league and they, they grew up watching it and they understand what it was because the first couple of years in the league, these players didn't watch anything before that. So as you look at your rookie year ahead of you and this 11th year of the NWSL, what's something that you're excited about as you take this step into the professional game? I'm excited to learn from the players around me, like Dabinia, Kate Delfava, all of those players back at Kansas City. I am so excited to be in an environment like that every single day, continue to learn and grow from them as a player and a person. And then in turn to play against players like in the league, for, for example, like learning from Diana Ordonez, who's at Courage, mm-hmm. learning from um, Becky Sauerbrunn at Portland and being able to go up against her will be a great honor and just continuing to grow as a player on the field and as a person off the field is something that's going to be huge for me. And I'm really grateful for my rookie year to be able to do that. You know, being in this current uh, phase of your career, it also means that there's like a ton of opportunities in front of you for continued growth or or development. Um, You know, but, but what are some things that you think you can bring to the pitch for Kansas city in terms of a, potential rookie year you know what kind of impact would you like to make in in games for this team I hope to bring a positive impact of energy and intensity and hard work that's something I always really pride myself on is hard work and knowing that no matter what minute it is in the game no matter what the score is no matter how tired I truly am that I'm always going to work my butt off and make sure that I represent the players around me well Kansas City well and leave my everything out on the field 
Michelle, we like to have a, a little bit of fun at the end of these episodes, uh, just chatting with players, getting to know them a little bit and getting to know the the people that are listening to this episode and going to watch this interview have been cheering for and watching Kansas City. So now they've got to get to know you a little bit. So you're at the draft in Philly. Now you're home in Michigan and you have a little bit of time, not much time, but a little bit of time before preseason, before you're going to Kansas City. What are you doing at home? What are you doing for fun at home uh, in Michigan right now? Uh, I'm going to dinner with my grandma tomorrow and all of her coworkers. <laughs> so I'm going to do that. I've just been hanging out with my mom, really make sure I spend the most time possible with her. And my sister already left for school, unfortunately. But up until she did leave, I've been spending most of my time with my family, making sure to cherish these moments before I'm gone for a while and make sure they're that we have the best connection and best energy and hope that they can come out and visit at Kansas City eventually. <laughs> Special time with grandma. I love that. What did she say when when you called her? Was she watching the draft? Uh, what does she think about her granddaughter becoming a professional soccer player? She was watching the draft. She texted me. Obviously, I wasn't on my phone, but she texted me and I saw it a couple hours later. I was like, so proud of you with just a red heart. And I was like, my, I just melted. I loved it. I sent her all the pictures that night. She's like, I just got a new phone. These photos are great. I was like, thanks, grandma. But she Love was that. Me. <laughs> Love to know that grandma was tuned in to all CBS exactly. platforms. <laughs> And watching the draft, watching her grandbaby get yep. drafted. Um, all right, let's close it out with one more fun one, maybe NWSL uh, uh, related. You, you talked a little bit about your teammates, uh, you know, new teammates with Kansas City Current, uh, players that you have played with and it was that you're looking forward to playing alongside. But outside of, of your teammates, outside of Kansas City Current, you said you've watched NWSL. Who's who's a player that you know you have watched over the last you know few years in in, in NWSL with with whichever of the games that you've been watching that has stood out to you and you said well, that's a player that maybe I can't wait to go up against one day. Like I said, Becky Sauerbrunn, specifically position wise, going up against her would be an honor. It would be insane, and to be able to go against her and learn from her. But someone who's more in my position, I really do watch. Sophia Smith a lot. I think she's super good. Same with Mallory Pugh. Their intensity and what they do on the ball is inspiring. And those are two people I would love to ruminate or illuminate one day. But specifically against someone, Becky Sauerbrunn, that would be awesome. Love that. Love that. And we might see it. We might see it in 2023. Yep. Stay tuned. You know, everybody who's listening, make sure you try to watch Michelle Cooper in these games on Paramount Plus and the NWSL. Listen, everybody, we always like to thank the audience for for joining us and listening along. So thank you for uh, tuning in today and listening to our interview on A3 with Michelle Cooper. Michelle, thank you for joining us today and congratulations on taking this next professional step in the NWSL and with the Kansas City Current. Everybody, you can download, follow, and listen to us anywhere you get your podcast, watch us, do subscribe to us on YouTube to get alerts for whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. For Sandra, I'm going to Lisa Roman and Michelle Cooper. This was.